Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. This is the second last episode of Parked Up for 2022. We're going to deliver you a nice little present just after Christmas with a special edition. But this is our last sort of regular edition and uh this week i've got santa fogues on the line fogues of course the host of parked up plus merry christmas to you ho 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 merry christmas everyone and young grant have you been naughty or nice <laughs> oh wow that's uh hard to answer probably a little bit of both there folks i very much doubt that you've been nice so Sorry, but don't expect to see Santa Fogg's super sleigh in your area at all on Saturday night. Sorry about that. Oh, damn it. Well, that's okay. Uh, bag of What about a bag of coal? Isn't that what you get? Sack of potatoes or something? Well, on past performances, a sack of something is certainly in the offing. <laughs> Getting sacked might be the thing. All right, folks. So you've been doing the, um, or oh, sorry, Santa folks. You've been doing the uh, Parked Up Plus. We started it in March. We boosted our Parked Up offering from one episode a week to two each week. You've uh, been relentless with Parked Up Plus every Monday, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. most times, unless the bloke who stitches it all together is a bit dropped off the planet for uh, an hour or so, but uh, otherwise we've been super consistent with it. The uh, numbers and the reaction has been really fantastic. It's uh, brought you back to your uh, old radio ways that you, uh, you used to do similar similar stuff back quite a number of uh, moons ago, but how have you enjoyed it? It's been good. Very enjoyable. We've fought the good fight, broken a lot of stories, um, a lot of them people don't remember, but many big stories, or significant stories anyway, were flagged on Parked Up Plus. And, well, you've got the numbers. The audiences have responded. And, well, I don't know, is it too cheeky to suggest fastest growing motorsport podcast in Australia this year? Uh, yeah, for sure. That's uh, I guess we don't know the numbers of what everyone else has got, so difficult to really pinpoint that. But certainly from where Parked Up was at just originally with uh, myself and Tony just um, flapping our gums to uh, to doing it slightly different in 2022 and uh, having a second offering there, um, very easy to say that uh, that parked up doubled its numbers because we reached a uh, uh, either the same audience twice a week or uh, what I suspect is we uh, grew on top of that. So uh, it's uh, it's it's it was a really cool ride, uh, as you say. Broke heaps of stories. Which one was your favourite? Well, of course, I had to carry you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, if it weren't for my interviews running full length in your show, who knows what have happened? Would have happened. No, no, seriously, and, uh, and enough patting ourselves on the back. We've just been doing what we do. And as far as a favourite or, or the biggest, well, there's quite a few to choose from. I guess one I like was that we totally flagged that the so-called DJR wildcard entry for Bathurst wasn't going to happen. Mm. It didn't happen. We were way ahead of the curve on that. And, uh, yeah, and and not anything malicious, not that we didn't want it to happen, but we were just well informed that the way the whole thing was structured, 
uh, it was never going to be approved by by supercars. And you know, Michael Anderson, well-meaning, a real battler, great story, Bathurst builder, wanting to enter the big race in his hometown, had everything going for it, but it just couldn't happen, and it didn't happen. And uh, and sadly, you know, that was the information that I had, and we reported that. Yeah, very good. Uh, ahead of the curve there. Ahead of the curve on uh, of so many things parked up. Plus, every Monday, 5 p.m., it will be back in 2023. Uh, that's if you're back, folks. I'm not going to do oh, it myself. Are okay, you, I was wondering you, about that, so I'm back, am I? Thank you. <laughs> good. Yeah, so I think it's the 8th or 9th. Is that the sort of second Monday of the new year? Is that when we're coming back? I believe it's the 9th of January. Excellent. Cool. Well, I'll have the eighth off and the ninth we'll get uh, back into a uh, a new year of podcasting, a new year of motorsport. And there's a, uh, in this episode, folks, you did a couple of really cool chats with uh, Paul Morris, who needs no introduction, former Bathurst 1000 winner. And you had an extended chat with him, some of which you would have heard on Parked Up. Uh, and we're going to play that shortly. Plus you spoke to Tim Hodges now you and I know him from our from the media world where he's been in and around motor racing for uh, many many years this year he decided to try and take on his own uh, own racing and he's entered a car uh, in the Australian sprint car summer all aiming to win the uh, 50th running of the grand annual classic which is held down at Premier Speedway in Warrnambool, where he's from. Uh, so we'll get to those two chats soon. But before we get to that, one of my favourite things about... to Grant, they were both very interesting chats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why we're going to play different... them in full. No, but for different reasons, extended conversations are worth hearing because, you know, Morris, Paul Morris is Paul Morris. And his emergence, you know, as something of, uh, well, someone described him to me today as an iconoclastic <laughs> elder statesman. And I think that's right on, you know, from Yahoo to someone who's now highly rated and whose opinion is highly rated, uh, especially in the supercars world. And he's become the, well, I called him a driver whisperer, but he's emerged as a super coach of so many young talents. And him talking about that in the context that unlike other elite sports, driver coaching in supercars, well, in top-level motorsport generally, is very rare. And um, he's sort of, you know, he's breaking that mould by teaching and guiding young drivers. So that was good. And Tim Hodges, yes, as he said, a media colleague of ours, and he's certainly taken a big risk with this sprint car venture, but he's got some pretty powerful partners on board. And also in the interview, and we touched on it in Parked Up Plus, his comments on where supercars isn't reaching its potential um, among the mainstream media is, well, my first reaction was controversial, but it certainly makes a lot sense, a lot of mm. sense. Mm. And um, to hear him, uh, yeah, and he works for Fox Sports, you know, senior producer. He puts together AFL 360, one of Fox Sports' biggest shows. So for him to come out and, and say what he said, I thought was, uh, well, interesting to say the least and um, even slightly controversial. Well, very good. We've got those two chats to look forward to. But before we get to that, folks, I've really enjoyed piecing together your podcast and you deliver it in such a very professional way, something that I've never heard before with um, really professional, um, uh, the, the way you do it with, you know, okay, here we go. Three, two, one, and then you blast into it. I've clipped out some of your uh, yeah. some of yeah, your I funny can, bits. I folks. can see this coming. Yeah, I've, okay. I've clipped out. I've clipped uh-huh. out some outtakes. You've sledged me a couple of times in there as well. So uh, don't worry. No one, uh, no one goes uh, unchecked in this. So um, here is a small little smattering of some of Fogs's outtakes from the inaugural season of Parked Up Plus that uh, you hear right here on these channels. Uh, I hope you all enjoy this. Okay. Let's get rolling. Train Howard Audio 4 in there, blah, 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 blah. Pick it up. Three, two, and one. 
Sorry, take two. Take five, three, two, and one. Broke three. Broke through. Fuck me. Okay, I'm sorry about this. Take six. Three, two, one. Yes. Rally, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Morris says attitudes to drive a chair. Sorry. Okay, Lotto. Lottie. Lottie Audio 3 there. Pick it up in three, two, and one. And here we go. Heading for the finish. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. Three, two, and one. <laughs> oh, thanks, Grant. That was the roast with the most. I like it. I like it. I love it, actually. I love it. I loved clipping out those things. And no, I'd, honestly, folks, I, I did. I loved yeah, it. I it's loved, okay. Put, it's loved, just, loved putting it together. I only have fantastic. a very small voodoo doll here with quite small pins. So it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right. All right. Let's continue. Let's, it? Get, let's, uh, it? let's, let's continue. Fucking they, two they, hours uh, of my life, I'm never getting back. <laughs> just relax okay so uh so we've uh we've heard folks's outtakes of course we've promised that we've got paul morris coming up and we'll launch into him right now paul morris with mark fogarty on parked up paul morris welcome back to parked up well paul uh, your driver coaching efforts have been in the news recently uh, especially at the Adelaide 500 where Brock Feeney scored his first main game win and another protege of yours, Declan Fraser, wrapped up the Super 2 championship. Um, it's interesting that suddenly people are talking about driver coaching because for the longest time in, well, in motorsport, coaching for young athletes particularly uh, just hasn't been a thing, has it really? No, it hasn't been. I think a lot of it is... You can have a pretty long career as a driver and it takes a while to learn all that stuff. So the drivers really don't want to give up their IP. You know, they, they need it to, to compete and be competitive. So that's probably um, where I got to the stage in my life where I really didn't need it anymore and thought, why not, why not share the love? So you're saying share the love, passing on the experience. And these latest two young guys who are doing well that I've mentioned, they're just the latest in a long line. Um, you get a lot of satisfaction out of helping these young kids? Uh, yeah, a, f a fair bit. So you get to the stage where, you know, you, you get old and you can't, you, you can drive, but you can't drive as good as you used to when you were younger because, you know, there's the, the balls and the eyesight aren't, aren't there anymore. So it's, it's a very, very close feeling to... Um, when they do well to actually do them well yourself, it's in some ways it's actually a bit more rewarding. So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of satisfaction out of it. And, and also with um, even some older guys I coach that race at club level that, you know, have seen success where they've been mid-pack and managed to improve and get to the front and, and get, get results just, just through the coaching that we do here. So, yeah, they're, they're certainly not doing it to... Uh, make a heap of money it's more about the reward and making the sport better and lifting the level of, of everyone's driving so what do you teach these young up-and-coming drivers how do you teach them uh well first of all you need a track okay um and i suppose if you look at what we have here at norwell at what frank gardner built 35 years ago it's the perfect training circuit so it's not too fast, but it has a good combination of, of, of corners. Um, and you don't want to be going too, too fast because you can't communicate and pass on knowledge when, you, when you're trying to hang on to, to, to too much in the car. So the key to it's the track for sure. The other key to it's having, having access to vehicles at a pretty, pretty cheap entry cost. So we use the Toyota 86 here. For our coaching, we have a fleet of 13 of those cars at the moment. Um, and we can buy them as stat write-offs for, you know, six, seven grand, get them going for about 10 grand. So they're cheaper than a go-kart. They're relatively inexpensive to run and and they're just a great training car. So the, the technique to driving those cars trans, translates a lot. Um, so that, that's the, the, the key things. And then you need the ability to be able to coach 
Mm. So, of course, Paul, as you said, you've got the track, the Norwell Motorplex facility. There's yourself, but you've also got some pretty handy young guys on their way up or further up the ladder who are helping train these young guys. So uh, it's not just about you, is it? There's a, there's a team there coaching young drivers. Yeah, so most most of the guys are coaches themselves. So if you want to use someone like Brock, he uh, started working here as an apprentice mechanic when he was still at school. Then he was doing a fair bit of driving, got to the point where he's doing more driving and working on cars. And he did a lot of coaching, like right up to when he went full-time with with Triple Eight to the main game, he was still here coaching. Um, and... and all of, the, all of the guys do the same thing. So uh, it, it helps a lot too when you've got some younger guys that can coach because you you get um, a lot of kids now coming out of carts and they can relate to someone who's a bit bit more their age. And then I've got other guys that are a bit more senior like like uh, Robbo who's been with me a long time. And uh, yeah, he, he, me and him, are, we've seen everyone really. Um, like there's a lot of lot of uh, race car drivers we've sat with, and and we get to see all the good guys, which makes our coaching methods lift as well. So wh- whoever you are and whatever you need, we've got a coach here for you for sure. And as well as good instruction, I guess it's well track time is key, isn't it? Particularly at the upper ends of motor racing, the big events are few and far between, and motor racing like any any sport particularly the top end it's a you know practice 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 makes you better doesn't it yeah and, and what you find with most people they've got 80 to 90 percent of it right you know they've had some sort of sort of motor racing background it'll be just a few things that that need tidying up um and we're like able to identify them and just work on on those specific things and everyone's a little bit different that's why um, that one-on-one private tuition works very well. Also, you know, data acquisition's quite inexpensive now as well. So all the cars have data acquisition in them and 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 video cameras. So you can actually do your session in the car, come back, sit down, go through the data, and look at all the little things and try and put that put that into uh, perspective with your driving technique. It's a pretty impressive roll call of drivers who've been through. Norwell and and your training quite a few it is good drive um, yeah well quite a few drivers in supercars you know have either trained there or you know some of them Andre Heimgarten is another one you know he's been a coach there as well so it's obviously yeah, he has we've got uh two two f1 guys at the moment so um Oscar Piastri came through us originally did did a, did a bit with him before he actually went overseas and when he when he came back um, Jack Doohan's here coaching at the moment. So he's just come back from Europe and he's been here basically for a week now. So open wheel guys, I've got Boris Sedge, young guy. He's uh, He's been out here for a week for America. So they're able to get track time here and surround themselves with sort of like-minded people and just improve on what, what, what they're doing. And then we make it a little bit competitive as well. So, um, you know, we've got... Got a few guys, probably got six guys here today. Uh, today, I've even got Donnie Schotts here from America, the sprint car guy. He's out here on track today, just doing something different. Um, and I've got him helping some of the other guys just with the mental attitude about going racing because he does, you know, 120 races a year, uh, which he, he has to be pretty switched on to do. So just different things and different people I can draw on from around the world and people I know to help help lift the experience. And another name that comes to mind, of course, is Brody Kostecki, and I'm sure you probably yeah, would. Brody was Brody was great to work with. He, he oh. I call Brody my rescue dog project. So he was sort of in the wilderness, stuck stuck where he really wasn't getting anywhere. And uh, as soon as I jumped in a car with him, you could see his natural ability was right there. He just he just needed a bit of polishing, and I was able to talk to to Barry about him really, and say, mate, you've got to have a look at this guy and. And um, that's the key to as well. Like people in the industry do sort of take my, take the knowledge I have and, and lean on me for a bit when they're looking at young guys and what they're like. And so far, um, 
I can I can steer them in the right way and try and match them up to the right team or the right person that they're going to work with properly. So that works as well. And of course, even Shane Van Gisbergen spends a bit of time out there every so often, just uh, well, just cutting laps and honing his skills, I guess. Yeah, he does cut laps here, and and uh, he also does a lot for New Zealand drivers, which people don't really. No, and he doesn't sing his praises about it. But if there's someone from New Zealand that needs a hand and needs a help, he'll he'll come down here and and um, spend some time and try and try and get him up to speed. So that's that's sort of his project there. But if I never need a hand with anything or anyone or something, I'm not quite sure about. You know, he's not that far away. It's, he's a phone call away, and I say, can you just come down and have a look at this guy for me? Or can't quite work out what's going on. Um, yeah, he, he's a great resource for us. Uh, inspiration to a lot of the young kids that, that come here and train and to be able to just baseline yourself against someone who's the best in the world at what they do right now is, is a great experience. So who are the next hot young things that you're going to bring through the system? Who are, who are a couple of names, young names, that we should be looking out for? Um, yeah, there, there's a there's a long list there, but uh, Ryan Woods, a key Kiwi guy who who's been doing some stuff with here now. That's he'll be um, just come out of the Porsche Challenge. But I've got a list of about twenty to thirty kids there that are either racing in Hyundai XLs or just come out of carts now, and that are that are training here. And um, I think the big, the good thing about it too is. It, it can really shorten the um, the process if you don't spend too much time in too many categories. So if you look at someone like Brock, he went through XLs, Toyota 86 very quickly, then into Super 3, Super 2. We can shortcut that journey down for him and give him some knowledge. Uh, it really does save save him some money in the long, long term and not eat into the budget. So if you're not, you know, if you haven't got a super amount of, funds behind you and you need to get through pretty quickly you, you need to be here and you need to be working with us and coming up with a plan to get you through and it's proved that it's worked well it seems pretty obvious that particularly for young drivers and drivers heading up the ladder that coaching is a good thing is this something that motorsport australia you know should be encouraging should be promoting should be getting behind um well or, or are they already? I, I don't know. You you explain to me what sort of reaction you're getting from the governing body. Um, I, I'm sure they know I exist, and that I've I've had some conversations with them about having some official curriculum. But uh, when you look at other codes or other sports, they all have a, a junior or, or a development program. And you're right, we don't really have one, and we never really had. It was always left to the teams to or to, to do that that thing. It's never been the sport's role to to um to do that. Uh, and it's I don't know where you get the even if they wanted to do it, I don't know how they could do it. You need a track, you need cars, you need a facility, you need people with the passion to do it. So I don't think it's I don't think it's their role. It's not like the AFL or it's not like soccer or rugby league where it's been part of that curriculum. And even if you look at the academies in, in Europe, it's it's not the FIA doing it. It's, it's the Red Bull junior team or it's the Ferrari junior team or McLaren. That's the teams that have done it. So I think their role is to probably, you know, get a bit more help, help me, get a bit more structure around what I do and maybe some grading of instructors and just formalising that. But that's that's something we can work on in, in the future for sure. I mean, I... Are there many driver coaches in in Australia? I mean, you're the most famous, but are there others doing similar good work, but on a smaller scale? Um, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I think there's driver coaches. It's a hard thing to say. It's like there's plenty of instructors. You're an instructor if you're teaching someone to do something they don't know what to do. If you're a coach if you're teaching someone who knows what they do to to do it better. So, yeah. You've got guys like Steve Owen and Luke Gilden, obviously Robbo, who, who works with me as well. And those guys work here, work here when I need them as well. But there's no, no one else, and I, and that's not probably because they can't. It's just because they don't, they don't have the facility. As again, the, the key to it's having this facility, and then 
having the the time and the the effort to put into to making the coaching program better. Okay, so what else is Paul Morris going to be up to next year? You're always pretty busy, this and that. Um, among other things, your successful um, show, The Enforcer and The Dude, um, been a bit quieter this year, but is that still going to be going in some form next year? Yeah, it all depends on Russell. I'm ready to go when he is. So I think he's a bit busy flogging his car wash at the moment. But, um, yeah, it's, it's something that's been good and highlighted a lot of the things that, that we've actually done here and exposed a lot of people to to our facility here and been be, be good. Uh, enjoyed doing that immensely. So, um, yeah, I'd be keen to do some more, for sure. And one of your campaigns on the show, of course, has been critiquing various activities of supercars, yeah. particularly Gen 3. Well... You know, we've, we've, what we've got in Gen 3 is what we have. It'll be on the track early next year, early March. From what you've seen now that we're so close, are you happier with Gen 3 or do you still have some concerns? Oh, I think there's a lot of concerns, but just to the point now where you just got to get it done. So if everyone comes out and starts picking what's wrong with it, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to help, you know. it's. That, that, that it is what it is, and they've got to, it's up to the teams now to try and pick up the mess and put it together and, and get it to the racetrack. So, lobbing grenades in from the side at the moment is really not going to help anyone in the sport. So, um, if anything, we've got to get behind the teams. We've got to do the heavy lifting now and, and get this thing on the track. Indeed, we're all waiting to see how it's going to turn out. All right, Paul yeah, Morris. I think there'll be a bit, of, a bit of rough road ahead of them, but. Um, I'm confident that there's enough hardworking, smart people in pit lane, in team land that can that can try and put put some of that stuff right. So, but yeah, it's going to be pretty busy, busy up until March. It is indeed going to be a very busy Christmas, New Year, and early year break or no break, in fact, for the teams getting the cars ready. All right then, Paul. Good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, and, mate. Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. You too. Talk to you soon. And thank you, Paul Morris. Thank you, folks, for uh, that uh, that great chat, full chat. Of course, you could have heard the whole. Uh, you could have heard snippets of that on Parked Up Plus, but uh, that was the full chat. Paul Morris, as interesting as ever, and a uh, driver whisperer, as you um, as you alluded to there, folks. So um, from the dude, let's go to Timmy Hodges. Uh, we preluded this a little bit earlier. Fogues spoke to Tim Hodges in uh, in depth about the uh, sprint car adventure that he's going on at the moment with James McFadden uh, in partnership with Napa Auto Parts, plus a couple of pretty high-profile uh, other celebrities who have chipped in to make it happen, namely Scott McLaughlin, uh, Jack Rewalt of Richmond Tigers fame, and Jared Waitley who is another media personality. Uh, so, uh, folks, let's um, let's get straight into it. It's you and Tim Hodges on Parked Up. Tim Hodges, welcome to Parked Up. Well, that was a pretty promising start. Second in the big race, first time out. Very encouraging. Uh, hi, folks. Nice to uh, nice to be on your show. I'm a big fan. Uh, you're doing a great job with it. Uh, yeah, it was a, a really promising start for the team, for uh, for James to have his first run. It's been a couple of months since he was last in the car in the States, and this is a brand-new car and brand-new team and a uh, brand-new bunch of blokes that he's working with. So um, uh, time trial wasn't super, um, but uh, he dug himself a little bit of a hole, but he was able to dig himself out of it with a great run in the feature. It just goes to show the class of the bloke to drive through the field from 14th to second. And um, uh, if there wasn't a, a yellow late, we might have been a sneaky chance to win the thing. So looking pretty good for your your main aim, Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic at Premier Speedway at the end of the month. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, last night was just a, a shakedown. Um, but it's been so difficult for everyone to get on Premier Speedway um, 
they've had so many rain outs, um, so much atrocious weather down in the southwest. I mean, all over Australia, really, folks. Um, and you only had to look at the quality of the field. Like, they came from everywhere to try and get a crack at the place, just to try and get some notes before what is, you know, I think the biggest classic of all at the end of next month. So, um, yeah, it was a huge field for, um, you know, not a, a massive event, but uh, it's it's great that they dedicate it to, to Max, uh, Max Dumsney, um, with his own race meeting. Um, and it was, you know, cool for Jock Goodyear from Tasmania gets his biggest win ever, first win ever at Premier Speedway. And, um, you know, he was really pumped afterwards to, to beat a field, you know, that includes the likes of, of James and, and Jamie Veal, who led throughout. Um, it was um, great for him. Um, but, yeah, good for good for us to get one out of our uh, under our belts and, um, you know, have a, have a bit of a shakedown. Um, we'll, we'll run a couple of events over Christmas, New Year at Speed Week and, and then gear up for, for what is a big classic week. And, yeah, Gen 29 is, is for us what it's all about, folks. Jim, this is a pretty ambitious project involving uh, a lot of high-profile names and a big sponsor in Napa, Napa Auto Parts. How did it come together? How did you get this group together for such a, uh, well, an interesting as well as ambitious project? Yeah, ambitious, uh, harebrained, um, crazy. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it was just, it's been a bit of a, uh, a bit of a dream of uh, myself and a, a few of my mates from home. I'm a warnable boy um, and we've, you know, I've been to the Classic every year for the last 30, 35 years. Folks, you know, Premier Speedway was where my passion for motorsport started and um, I, I'm just a journo and work in the media like yourself and, um, you know, always had a, uh, it, it would, you know, we thought it would be great to be able to run a car in the Classic. The 50th Classic obviously appealed and, you know, it's one of going to be one of the biggest events in Warnable's history um, at the end of January for the 50th anniversary edition of the, the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic and Premier Speedway means so much to to so many people but means so much to the small town of Warnable and the place bursts at the seams for that week. So, yeah, we always wanted to, you know, see if it was possible. Um, so with a couple of mates, Ryan O'Keefe and Dylan Wilshire, great schoolmates from home, who are in the industry, um, you know, without them, it, it wouldn't happen. And, and they've been the, the guys who have built the car. Um, so, you know, one thing led to another and um, it became a possibility um, to the point where you, you know, start approaching sponsors. Uh, a couple of things fell into place really well there. Um, uh, I'm mates with James and we're over at the Indianapolis 500 and, and Ryan and Dylan came with me, folks, and we um, obviously have a connection with with Scotty Mack and went and watched him race and we went uh, and caught a couple of outlaw shows and spent a bit of time with, with James and um, his wife Zoe and the young fella Mav. Um, uh, and one thing led to another and we sort of, I don't know, got the courage to ask him if he'd be interested and he said absolutely. He didn't have a drive. Um, his deal with Monty uh, had finished. Um, he was uh, he was looking to do something, but not too much. He didn't want to come home and travel because all he's done is travel all year in the States. So it absolutely suited us perfectly because we didn't want to run too many events because, you know, A, we didn't have the budget for it and, um, and B, we all have day jobs. So, um, you know, it, it sort of – it's – suited everyone um so we're giving it a crack and it might be one of the silliest things i've ever done folks but um you know it's a, a hell of a lot of fun to do it um for a motorsport uh a guy who, you know I, I guess i am what i am a motorsport nuffy and love it um have worked and done bits and pieces in it um but this is it's cool to be on the other side you know we, we spend so much of our time in the media on on one side of the fence it's nice to actually be on the other side of the fence and even last night was it was kind of cool to get the hands dirty and not that I know uh, too much of what I'm doing from a technical aspect, but um, yeah, it was, it was great to, great to see how it all played out and hopefully we're better for the run. So as I mentioned earlier, you have some very high profile partners in this venture. How involved are the, are they going to be? Well, and especially Scott McLaughlin. Uh, well, yeah, so um, I've done a podcast with, with Scott and Jack Rewalt from um, uh, the AFL Club Richmond, uh, Balls and Bumpers. Uh, we had 
Um, we had a number of small-time sponsors who helped the show over a few years and, and that money just sat in the bank account and we'd never touched it. And it was not an enormous amount of money, but it wasn't a small amount of money. And um, I just uh, sent the email to the boys and said, what about we throw this at a race car? And they were both 100% in straight away. And it's not as if they need too much more money. They're, they're making plenty uh, folks. So um, I, I really love the fact that, yeah, and even Scott last night watched it um, from uh, he's back in New Zealand and watched it with his old man Wayne and, and he Wayne's a massive Speedway fan and they got the stream and um, uh, I don't think they stuck around for the end of the AMO because it, um, it was pretty late over in New Zealand but I, I love the fact that he wants updates you know he and James have got a great relationship now and um, I sort of love the fact that they, they catch up in America um, through this connection Um yeah, so Scotty is totally invested in it. Um, we did look at for a, a time to see if we could actually put him in the car, but uh, unfortunately that Penske contract is pretty watertight that says no dirt track activity, so um, he's not allowed to be in it. But, um, yeah, I love the fact that he's yeah he's invested. He wants to know everything about it. He wanted pictures of the of the car's build. Um, you know, he wanted to know what the transporter's like. Like, he's... Um, uh, and then what was wrong in the time trial? Like, what happened? What, what were we ninth in, in the time trials after we were fastest in hot laps? So, um, yeah, he's right into it. So it's cool. It's cool to, to have that with him. Uh, unfortunately, you know, obviously he's got his Daytona 24-hour drive, which is unfortunately the same weekend as the Classic. The Classic is a week later this year. Um, so he won't be there at Premier Speedway. Um the, the, you know, I'll be honest, the, the likelihood of him being there was probably pretty slim anyway. But, um, you know, Jack Rewalt will be there and oh, that would be cool for that'd be cool for the team. But it'd be also cool for the event to have a, you know, he is one of the most recognisable faces in AFL football. And he's a huge motorsport fan. You know, he's been up to the Gold Coast, he's been to Bathurst, he's been to Sandown. Like he loves motorsport and he loves his connection with Scott. And Jared Waitley as well, who um, I have a lot to do with. Um, you know, he's right in as well, and he's not a motorsport man. So that's what – I don't know. You needed a few elements to make this work, folks. And um, fortunately, uh, a few people have jumped on board, and, and financially as well. Like, it's not just their name. And I know a lot of people probably think it is just their name, but um, they're, they're all financially in on this to help make it happen. Um, I'll work in the media like you folks, but there's not a whole lot of money for us, is there? So um, we don't have enough to, to go and run race teams without uh, a little bit of assistance and and some sponsorship as well. And, and to that part, you know, Napa Auto Parts have been awesome. Um, they're obviously a big sponsor of Speedway in the States. And I love the fact that they're, they're having a crack at, at Speedway here in Australia as well. You said that Scotty couldn't have a go in the sprint car, even if he wanted to, wanted to contractually, uh, I don't know. Are you talking about racing, or is there a prospect that if this thing, thing keeps going, that you'll at least uh, will have a te a test, if you like? <laughs> no, no, we were just going to stick him in the car and have a run around. Uh, I tell you, the biggest one who wants to get in the car is Jack Rewalt. So I'm not sure his backside will fit in the race seat. Um, we might have to take James's seat out and put a put a bigger one in, but uh, he's super keen to be in it. And Scott was, I mean, he loves uh, he loves all. I mean, he loves all motorsport, but he, he absolutely loves speedway and he loves sprint cars. And he's taken a real interest in the world of outlaws. Uh, he's got his Dirt Vision pass. He watches uh, every week, and you know, since Knoxville, he's been when you know this was sort of gaining traction that it was going to happen, and James was going to be our driver. He's been one hundred percent in on this, and. You know, he's been watching Outlaws races pretty much every weekend since. So, yeah, he's um, he's a huge fan. His old man's a huge fan. His old man has, um, has raced a sprint car before. So, yeah, I think he was really interested to actually hop in one and have a crack. Um, it probably was worth his while to check on his Penske contract, and unfortunately it did forbid it. So, um, and he may have had a little bit of correspondence after the news came out that he was involved in the team just to, to reinforce the fact that he wasn't allowed to, to drive him, which we knew all along. Um, so it was a bummer. It would have been kind of cool to see him have a, have a crack around Premier, but maybe one day we'll try and put Rewalt in there. And I would love to put um, Jared Waitley in a, in a two-seater with James. That would be really cool. That's, um, you know, we're lucky, folks. We, we get to put our backsides in a, in a few racing cars and I've been lucky over time to have a go at a few things. And um, yeah, the two-seater sprint car um, was just about one of the greatest experiences that I've had. So yeah, I strongly urge anyone if they can have a crack at a two-seater ride, um, 
you know, sprint cars are a wild, wild, wild thing to, to watch, but to, to be in one is, is awesome. It is indeed. And uh, a ride in a two-seater sprint car would certainly open Jared Waitley's eyes. Oh, absolutely. That's why I'd love to see it happen. So, yeah, he's um, he's learning the ropes. So, yeah, it probably it was one night after we do AFL 360 together. So I've worked for, with Jared for over two decades, folks, and uh, at Channel 10 and, and then at Fox Footy where um, uh, I EP AFL 360, the nightly show, which he hosts. It was one night afterwards uh, – he got his makeup off and uh, came over to my desk and was it was being a bit of a sticky beak to be honest. And I said, "What's this? What's this? I see that uh, you're looking at." And uh, I printed out the. It was a proposal back then at that stage, and he was like, oh, "I'm 100 percent in here. I want to invest in it, uh, and especially when he knew Jack and Scott were involved." So yeah, he's um, he's super keen and um, he's going to bring his young bloke down to to Premier Speedway. So that's something I never thought I'd see. He's more off, more likely to go to the Grand Annual Steeplechase in May in Warrnambool, not the Grand Annual Spring Car Classic in January. But the fact is, he's in and um, super keen. I think it's great for it's great for the sport um, and and motorsport. That you know, the more he can be around motorsport, I think is a good thing for you know, just the reach. Like he is probably the country's number one broadcaster at the moment, and the fact he's keen on on Speedway like that that's really cool for the sport. Okay, so. After the grand annual, what next? Is there a long-term <laughs> plan here? Not really, folks. We, um, uh, we're giving it a crack and it was going to be classic week and then it got a bit big on us and we then it was speed week between Christmas and New Year and branched out to Max's race. So, um, yeah, at this stage there's nine dates in our book and uh, we'll see how we go at the end of January. Um, all roads lead to the 50th classic. You know, hope we can have a hope we can be super competitive on, on January 27 to 29. Um, but no grand plans past that. Um, yeah, let's just see how this plays out, and uh, before we make any uh, bold predictions of what's what's next, it, it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing we've done. Uh, there are still times I think, what the hell are we doing? What have we got ourselves into? Um, but you know, hope it all. Hope it goes well, and you know we do have one of the best steerers out there. He's one one of the best in the world, and certainly the best in this country, James McFadden. And you saw that with his charge from the back of the for, from P14 in Max's race on a on a track that was really treacherous and difficult to pass. You know, to to finish P2nd was was excellent. Um, so yeah, he's won it twice before. Uh, he would love nothing more than to win the 50th edition of it. Um, so yeah, I think we're in great hands with with James if we can give him a. Give him a decent rocket ship. I reckon he can. He can be every chance to win it. Well, you can always aim high, and ambition is a great thing. I mean, really far down the track, you could uh, emulate your your good friend and sometimes colleague Brett Murray and uh, try and get on the grid for the Indy Five Hundred. Oh, I have said to McLaughlin, been a bit cheeky to say, would Roger give us a fourth license and run a let's run a fourth. Uh, a fourth NASCAR on the streets of Chicago. That does interest me, folks. I reckon Scotty Mack would be something in one of those things around the new street track. Um, Scott's super keen on going to Knoxville, so maybe we could aim there. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's aim small, Miss Small. Let's go for the classic first and see see how we go with that before we make any other, other, um, other ambitions. Now, while you're here, you're clearly a... Uh a diehard motorsport enthusiast. But as you've mentioned, you're also a leading sports producer. I just wonder, because you're on the inside of, of the business, the broader sports broadcasting market, does it disappoint or concern you that even top-level motor racing in Australia, maybe outside Formula One, just doesn't get the coverage that it probably deserves or definitely deserves in mainstream media? Uh, yeah, yes, it does. And even, I know you used to spend time at the age, folks, like the fact that they didn't have anything after the Adelaide 500 is unbelievably concerning on their Monday newspaper. The Weekend Australian didn't have any. Uh, like I'm a, I'm old school, probably like yourself, folks, that I, I always check the newspapers to see who's who's got supercar coverage. So, yeah, it is a concern. Um, and especially when you stack up the TV numbers, like – Pound for pound, they're every bit as good as certainly cricket, and that's why I, I, um, I think it's a big watch cricket's television deal, what they do next. Um, and if they were to leave Fox Sports, which 
I mean, I'm a Fox person. I hope they don't. But if they did, then it would really open up the space for a summer sport. And I think supercars are still still makes me angry. Um, and you've been in it longer than I have, folks. I don't understand why supercars continues to run in football season against the might of the AFL and NRL. You just can't compete with those two codes across the country. So, you know, I think they're at their biggest and best across summer. So, yeah, I, I reckon it's a watch this space on cricket. Like, if, if they were to leave Fox, it leaves an, an, an enormous hole in their summer sporting schedule. And I would love supercars to move more towards summer when their biggest events are, you know, from Bathurst and the Gold Coast and obviously Adelaide and Newcastle starts before the footy starts, um, you know, to, to run as many as you possibly can through summer just makes so much more sense to me. Uh, and especially to get away from footy where you can never compete ratings-wise. Um, uh, now, I'd like to see more of that, but, um, yeah, I'm just a fan at the end of the day. I think you're right, but the problem seems to be that the idea of running supercars, super motorsport generally in the summer season, seems to make too much sense. It's uh, staring everyone in the face. So, yeah, no argument from me. And and also, as you highlighted, the, the, the befuddling disconnect between TV audiences and the lack of, of coverage outside the broadcast uh, just doesn't add up. Yeah, and it's for the frustration, especially free-to-air. And I know free-to-air is so important for all sports. But, you know, for the Gold Coast, it's one, one event after Bathurst where the ratings were astronomical this year, like, it's such a cool thing for supercars to have that that vehicle. Um, but then the next race was on seven mate because Channel Seven was showing races from Sydney. Like uh, and even then Adelaide, and I know the Adelaide five hundred is a week earlier next year, so it avoids clashing with that first test, but for it to be on seven mate when the first test was on, but that's a they've got to be better with their schedules and I, I think it's probably gonna get to a point where they have to work around. Um you know, maybe wait and see until the AFL schedule drops. I know they waited super late this year for their fixture to come out, but work around the AFL. You know, at the end of their round 23, they have a buy before the finals. That's when you should be running at the Sandown 500. Um, you know, when their buy period is on and there's only six games a week, like that's when they should be banking rounds. When there's less games, most of those are at night during that buy period. Like be racing during those weekends when you can actually get the biggest bang for your buck. So I think a bit of this is actually on supercars themselves. Yeah, but again, you know the you know the, the landscape a little bit better than I folks. Yeah, maybe not. All makes sense to me. All right, Tim Hodges, thank you for your insight on all that and thanks for your time and uh, good luck for the grand annual are we any chan- uh, classic. Are we any chance, folks, to get you down to Premier Speedway towards the end of January? Oh, a big chance, I, was, I would have yeah. thought. I have been down to it, you know. Yes, you I, know, that, I know. You said I, that like, you know, I'm just someone who never been there. <clears throat> I've, I know. Been, I've seen you in the pits before, but I would love, love, yeah, I'd love nothing more than maybe I'll get Jared Waitley on your next Parked Up Plus podcast as a classic winning owner. Wouldn't that be something? Yep, that would be great. All right, leave it with us. And uh, as, I, as I was saying, good luck to your whole crew. And uh, I'll be an interested bystander. Uh, Thanks, folks. Thanks for the coverage. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Tim Hodges, for your time. That is parked up, almost run for 2022. We've got a uh, an extra special bonus episode that is going to come up um, just uh, just in a week or so. So just uh, stay tuned to the parked up social medias uh, to find out about that, folks, and I are going to grab Tony D for a uh, a little season wrap and uh, 2023 preview to uh, just make sure that your Christmas holidays are filled with lots of us talking in your ear. Mark Fogarty, uh, for now, thank you uh, very much. You did heaps of those uh, extra chats like the we just heard the dude and we heard uh, Timmy Hodges. What is uh, What was the best uh, parked up chat that you did this year? Oh. Tony Cochran, without mm. a doubt. Mm. Yeah, he was good. We hadn't heard from him for a long time. He kind of back came back into the semi-spotlight 
promoting the World Supercross Championship, um, which happened in truncated form late in the year. But he didn't plan to. But predictably, we got him going on the state of supercars. And, well, you know, Tony, <laughs> when he talks, he doesn't hold back. And, and, and he told some home truths. And, look, some people may say, you know, he's past his time, but fact remains he's the founding father of what we now know as supercars and he was the promotional driving force behind it for more than a decade and what we have now uh, was largely well was largely built by him and he'd be surprised if i'm you know sitting here you know even semi-praising him because we didn't always get on but i guess there was a a respect on both sides and uh, and that works. So yeah, that's that's the one among many. But you and hopefully many of the listeners know, Grant, that I like interviewing people. I'm curious. I'm a journalist. I like asking questions, and I've been doing it for a long time. So hopefully, I'm yeah, I'll probably get there one day. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was a very good chat. And you did uh, before we switch this one off. Um, you did say. Uh, you guys had spoken prior to your chat between uh, yourself and TC that he didn't really want to talk about supercars and don't don't go in there. And even when you did raise it, uh, you you did raise it, and he in in the chat. If you go back and listen to the full chat, he says, "Well, I don't really want to talk about supercars." But then we had an, a fifteen-minute block of him talking about supercars, uh, which was um, very entertaining, and uh, as you say, maybe uh, a couple of home truths as well. Um, okay, folks, was always going to go there, mate. Yeah, that's right. He couldn't resist. That's and right. Did I set a trap? Perish the thought. Ah, <laughs> oh, folks, thank you so much for your contributions for uh, Parked Up Plus and in uh, this Parked Up podcast. As I said, we've got one more uh, episode to come up, which will be with myself, Mark Fogarty, and our good old friend, Tony D. But uh, in the meantime, folks, all the very best. Uh, we'll hear from you soon, mate. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Network Art team. It's been a great year. Wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Merry Christmas to you too, folks. You've just listened to another Network Car production. 